In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he put this question to his disciples. Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say he is John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he said, who do you say I am? Then Simon Peter spoke up. You are the Christ, he said, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Simon, son of Jonah, you are a happy man, because it was not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So I now say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the underworld can never hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be considered bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be considered loosed in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate and honour two of the Church's greatest saints, princes among the Apostles, co-patrons of Rome, St. Peter and St. Paul. We recall their great deeds and accomplishments. We honour them for their pastoral leadership and missionary zeal. But we also remember one as having denied Jesus and the other as having been a zealous persecutor of Christians. Unlike modern society, the Church has no intention of revising nor rewriting history. Many modern groups who claim disenfranchisement by dominant groups in history see a need to revise history books and tear down monuments because they claim the current mainstream framing of a historical figure, event or narrative is done in a distorted and dishonest way in order to advance a particular social or political agenda. If you didn't know already, the Church is serious about facts and data, and she is also serious about her history, as it should be. The Church, in honouring her saints, in building and dedicating churches in their honour, and erecting statues in their commemoration, see the value of history, not as a political tool, but as a means of theological reflection. There is no need for the Church to paint a pretty picture of a glorious history or exaggerate the story of a great heroes by glossing over their faults. They were indeed great heroes, but this doesn't mean we ignore their flaws and foibles. We honour them as saints, not because they were indefectible, but because they are living proof of God's sanctifying grace and mercy. They show us a God who can take any individual with the most checkered past and transform him or her into an amazing vehicle of grace and strength for others. It is Pope St. Leo the Great who described them as twin lights of eyes in that body whose head is Christ. The saintly Pope tells us not to make distinctions or draw comparisons, for both were chosen and they were alike in their labours. They were partners in death. That is why the Church celebrates their martyrdom in a single day 
instead of separate days. Saint Leo, in eulogizing the both of them, was certainly aware of their personal histories, and it is precisely because of their sinful past that they can be such great intercessors and exemplary models of Christian virtue. So as we celebrate this feast, let us celebrate the history of the Church with our ups and downs, with a collection of saints and sinners, virtuous and vile, pure and sordid, knowing that to reject any part of our history, especially the parts which may bring shame, may actually result in rejecting God who chooses to write straight with crooked lines. If everything was perfect, there would be no need for God. We would have no need of His mercy and grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.